as we've been journeying through the book of Galatians, we've been encountering one of the most gospel-saturated books that we have, especially in regards to how the gospel intersects with our daily lives. So we don't just believe the gospel at conversion, and then that's it. The gospel has lasting implications throughout our life. So it's not so much like a book like Romans, where Paul articulates the specifics of the gospel, and he kind of gives us a lot of the nuts and bolts of what the gospel is. Galatians isn't like that, as we've seen. It's much more, how does it relate to our lives? But what we've been seeing, and as we saw in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, the whole point of the book of Galatians is that we've been set free. We've been set free from our sin. We've been set free from guilt. We've been set free from law. So we don't have to obey law or make up law in order to please God or to uh, enjoy the benefits of salvation. We simply trust in Christ alone. So in our opening sermon, when we looked in in the very beginning at, at the book of Galatians, Paul got right down to business. He didn't spend too much time in any kind of introduction like he does in other books of the Bible. He got right down to business. He had an issue with the Galatians and he wanted to get to it. He said that to preach or to believe any other gospel than the one that he had preached to them, whoever would do that is accursed. Anyone who is messing around with the pure gospel should stop. Anything other than the gospel Paul had preached was a distortion of the truth. So Paul comes right out of the gate and he's defending his gospel. He's defending his message. But he didn't just defend his message. He next defended the fact that he was an apostle. He defended his apostleship. He proved that he was, in fact, an apostle called by God to minister to non-Jews. He showed that he was accepted by the other apostles. You may remember the interactions in Jerusalem that we saw with the other apostles. And they ended up approving his ministry. They gave him the right hand of fellowship. And so as we continue through the book in chapters 2 and 3, and we saw all these great things about justification, the fact that God has declared us righteous So we stand before God, not in our own righteousness. We don't come to Him saying, hey, I'm a great person. We come saying, Jesus is great, and He's the one that has given me His righteousness. And we also saw sanctification, where now as we live in our Christian lives, we're constantly being changed. The righteous, they live by faith. There's no other way of pleasing God unless it is by faith. And we saw the great truth that we are children of God. We're sons and daughters of God. So we we don't live in bondage. We've been set free from our bondage and we're able to live freely. We've been set free to love our neighbors. We've been set free to live by the Spirit. We've been set free from living lives gratifying our flesh. We've been set free from having to adhere to law in order to gain our salvation. The Christian life is a life of freedom. A life of freedom to to please God by fulfilling the royal law, namely by loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And so as we come to this final portion of the book of Galatians, Paul's going to give a final warning to those who would live according to law, and he's going to give a final exhortation to make much of Jesus. Look down at verse 11. See what large letters I use as I write to you with one hand, or with my own hand. Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. 
The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law. Yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh. So apparently these false teachers that were teaching the Galatians that they needed to follow law were trying to make a good impression on the Jews, on probably this group of Jews. And so they were making this good impression by getting these Galatians to be circumcised and by following the law. Sometimes you even unfortunately see this in churches nowadays. They inflate numbers of of baptisms or inflate numbers of conversions. And so these guys were going to the church and being like, hey, let's see how many people we can get circumcised. Let's see how many people we can get to follow law. And this would please this outside group of Jews. So these false teachers were coming into the Galatian churches, getting people to follow law. And then they were able to tell the Jews, hey, we're getting these Christians to start to act like Jews. So this made those false teachers look good. And not only did it make them look good, but the, the, good, the result for them, the good result for them was that they were able to avoid any kind of persecution from the Jews as a result of emphasizing the law in the Christian churches of Galatia. So Paul says that the only reason the false teachers were teaching law to the Galatians was so that they wouldn't be persecuted for the cross of Christ. The false, of, the false teachers didn't want to be persecuted, so they made their boast in the flesh. So those who make much of law, even today, those who make much of law, boast in the flesh. Those within these ancient churches, these churches that existed a couple thousand years ago, or even in our own church today, those who decide that they're going to make law the deciding factor in salvation, or make following law the way that we tell a good Christian from a bad Christian, those people are boasting in the flesh. They're boasting in what they can do on their own. They're boasting in what they can conjure up. So when they do that, they're casting the cross aside. They're they're casting the need for the cross aside. But it's important to know why Paul is specifically gifted to address this error in the Galatian churches. When you think about Paul, he's uniquely gifted and qualified to address the Galatians over this error. The reason Paul can come down so hard on these Galatians, and the reason he can come down so hard on the false teachers in the churches of Galatia, and the reason that he wants to be really clear and really firm with the Galatians is because Paul, before his conversion, was the greatest legalist there was. He was the greatest law emphasizer there was. If anybody was preaching law, it was the Apostle Paul. Before he was saved, Paul wasn't going into Christian churches and, and, and teaching them, hey, you guys need to be circumcised. You guys need to start following uh, different food laws or, or go do the different festivals or anything like that. Paul was going into churches and tearing them out of the church and killing them, throwing them into prison, standing by when innocent Stephen in Acts chapter 7, a deacon of the church, is being stoned to death. Paul is standing there holding everyone's coats and in approval, wanting it to happen. So if you're wondering why Paul was uniquely qualified to go after these Galatians, it's because he lived the life of law before his conversion. He lived a life of emphasizing the law. He says elsewhere that if anybody could boast in the flesh, then he could top them all. But after he was saved, it was all changed. So you can imagine Paul. He 
He lived a life emphasizing law. In fact, he killed people over the law or refusing to adhere to law. So now he's saved. His mind has been changed. God has freed him from the law. So now when he looks at his children of the faith that he preached the gospel to, that he helped in their beginning in their spiritual walk, when he sees them falling into the ensnare of the law, it was the last thing he wanted to see. It's like any of you that may have been saved out of drugs, alcohol, or immorality, or, or, or whatever the case is. It's like you being saved out of a heinous sin, and then you see your children begin to walk in it. You have a unique opportunity if they walk in the same sin that you were saved out of, because you can relate. You can understand what they're going through. You can say, hey, son, daughter, I've been there. I've done that. You don't want to live this way. And that's what Paul's doing. He's saying, I used to live this way. I was the king of living this way. And so now to see you following in the way that I used to live is the exact opposite of what you should be doing. He knew what it was like to glory in the flesh and he refused to allow the Galatians to walk in his own footsteps. So those who make much of the law boast in the flesh. But Paul refuses to boast in the flesh. After he was saved, he only had one boast. He lived a life boasting in the cross. Look at verse 14. This was his, his only hope. May I never boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. So what a statement in verse 14. May I never boast except in the cross. Only those who realize what the cross has actually done in their lives will spend their life boasting in it. Only those who realize what the cross has done in their lives will spend their life boasting in it. It's often commented on how strange it is to boast in a cross. 2,000 years ago, the cross was the means by which you were humiliated until you were killed. In chapter 3, we saw that cursed is everyone who is hanged upon a tree. So in the eyes of the Jews, to be hung on a tree, to be hanged on a tree, is the worst way to die. It's a horrible way to die. It's like saying in our modern days, may I never boast except in the gallows. May I never boast except in lethal injection. May I never boast except in the electric chair. It's a strange thing to boast in a means of capital punishment. But the reason Paul could boast in the cross was because of its personal application to him. As a result of the cross, the world was crucified to him and he was crucified to the world. He says in Philippians 3, But everything that was gained to me I have considered lost because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and I consider them filth. Why? So that I may gain Christ. This is the point. He's dead to the world. The world is dead to Him. The things of this world don't stick to Paul. The things of this world that could drag him down, weigh him down as he ran his Christian life. They were, they were all dead to him. They were considered filth. He wanted nothing to do with them. And this is the mindset that we have to have. Those who realize what the cross has done for them are dead to the world and the world is dead to them. 
You don't want the things of the world to stick to you. You, you realize that all of that is filth. You don't want that. So Christ was crucified on the cross. And on the cross, we were crucified to the world. So as Christians, we're dead to the world. And if this is true, then we shouldn't care what the world thinks. We shouldn't feel like we need to be relevant to the world. The church does not exist to please the world. The church exists to please God. Paul says elsewhere that the Jews find the cross to be a stumbling block. They can't get over it. And the Gentiles find the cross to be foolishness. And it's the same today. Gentiles find the cross to be ridiculous. The cross is ridiculous to all of those who are not Christians. So to unbelievers, the cross is a means of torture. But to Christians, the cross is the means of freedom. What is pulling you away from boasting alone in the cross? What, what's alluring to you about this world? Can you say, like Paul, that the cross is your only boast? That that's the only thing that you boast in? That's what you think about. That's what you see. That's all you want is to boast in the cross. And obviously none of us are perfect and there's always going to be things that distract our view from the cross. But what are those things that have the corner of your eye? So we say, I boast in the cross by the gospel's work in my life, by walking by the Spirit. I boast in the cross, but there are things that come into the side. What are those things? The specific struggle here in the Galatians, they were having issues with the false teachers and their emphasis on the law. Do you fall into the trap of thinking that you need to obey law in order to please God? In order to be saved, you need to follow certain aspects. So you may say, I boast in the cross, but there's these things over here that I need to do as well. Paul is saying to boast in the cross alone. Have you made a a man-made list of do's or don'ts, or have you been given a a, a list of do's or don'ts that you need to follow and try to follow to a T in order to gain God's favor? This is not the way to live. The cross plus something makes the cross good advice. That's all it does. You take the cross and then you say, but this, 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 and this have to be done as well in order to be saved, then the cross is just good advice. It's just a simple piece. It's, it, but it's the whole thing. That's Paul's point. The cross is the whole point. We must recognize that by adding law to the gospel or law to the cross weakens the cross message. If I stood here and preached that you needed to trust in Jesus, but you also needed to wear certain clothes or listen to certain kinds of music, or you could only eat certain things or whatever, you fill in the blank that you may have been brought up or you think um, needs to be added to the cross, whatever that is, then that means that the cross is not sufficient. And to say that the cross is not sufficient is to nullify the work of Christ, which is exactly what Paul is fighting against. So as we see and look down in verse 15, we see for the final time that Paul is going to bring up the circumcision issue. And he states that circumcision or uncircumcision does not matter. The only thing that matters is that we have become a new creation. So that through the cross of Christ, we have become new. We're we're not like we were before conversion. We are 
We aren't living lives gratifying our flesh. We're new. We're not the old creation. We're the new creation. The old things have passed away. The new things have come. We are dead to the world and we're alive to God. So this is what truly matters, Paul says, is that you are a new creation. If you see the cross as foolish, then you don't know its power. Those who are made new see the cross for what it is, their means of freedom, their their way of becoming a new creation. And those who are a new creation, those who trust in this message of the cross, those who are crucified to the world, will be blessed with peace and mercy. Look down at verse 16. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. So this is a promise. Those who will live this way, those who boast in Christ and His cross alone, will be given peace and mercy. Is that what we want? I think during these days when we watch the news and we see the struggles that people are having, we see the death all over the world and we see the diseases and everything that's going on in this world, I think the ache in our hearts is that we just want peace. We want mercy. But Paul says that those who follow this rule will receive peace and mercy. Paul wanted the Galatians to stop giving him trouble. He wanted to see them change and to grow in the proper understanding of the gospel that he taught them before the false teachers came in and distorted it. But he wanted them to stop causing him trouble because he bore the marks of Jesus on his body. Paul lived a life in such a way that he had been persecuted and had received marks on his body. Look at verses 17 and 18. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. So he wanted them to stop causing him trouble because he bore the marks of Jesus on his body. Paul lived a life boasting in the cross. And by living a life boasting in the cross, he received persecution. Persecution that brought actual physical marks to his body. So boasting in the cross, we can take from this. Boasting in the cross will bring persecution. And though we may not be physically persecuted right here, right now, Jeff prayed that, thank, thank you God that we can worship you freely and we can worship him freely in this place right now, so we're not being physically persecuted in these present days, but there may come a time where we will. Or God may call you to be a missionary to a part of the world where there will be physical persecution as as a result of preaching the gospel. And by that persecution, your body may be beaten like Paul and receive the marks of Christ. But the marks on his body weren't something that Paul resented. Nor was he trying to get the Galatians to feel bad for him. They were, marked, they were the marks of Jesus. They were marks that he had endured as a result of his closeness to Jesus. The marks on his body represented his allegiance to Christ and his refusal to align up with the world. We often think of the Apostle Paul as this great man. I remember... When I was younger, I'd always think of Paul, and I just kind of imagine these Bible characters, always with a nice big bushy beard, and you know, just kind of like a tall guy, and stately, and he'd walk into you know, Corinth, and he'd preach the gospel, and everybody get, be get, would get saved. 
But when Paul would walk into cities, he would walk in with gashes on his body. Huge scars on his body. He was a man who had undergone an incredible amount for the sake of Christ. Actually, in 2 Corinthians, he says this. I have been in prison frequently and flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. So the 40 lashes minus one. They thought that if they went to 40, that they would die. But five times he received the 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. That's the life that Paul lived. That's the life of one living Boasting in the flesh. Paul had undergone an incredible amount for the sake of the kingdom. And he bore the marks of Jesus on his body as a result of it. He was a physically scarred man. But yet he says that peace and mercy will be upon those who live their lives boasting in the cross. A man who had undergone these kinds of trials has earlier stated that Peace and mercy are upon those who follow this rule. So although he had undergone all of that turmoil and struggle, he still received the peace and mercy. Those who make much of law will boast in the flesh, but those who make much of Jesus will boast in the cross. And those who boast in the cross will ultimately receive peace and mercy despite any kind of persecution that may come. The book of Galatians is about being set free from the law and from sin by the cross of Christ. People who follow certain rules or laws in hopes that God will favor them or save them because of their works are in deep error. People like this boast in themselves. They boast in what they can do and what they can accomplish in and of their own strength. They create or adhere to their own system of rules and regulations and then boast that they obey them well. But their boast, the biggest problem with their boast, is that their boast is ultimately in themselves. Their boast is ultimately in their flesh. They don't boast in the cross and the cross alone like Paul, because they don't fully trust in the cross alone, because they're trusting in themselves. And by trusting in themselves and their own works, they are boasting in the very thing that is keeping them from trusting in God alone. If we're not preaching and thinking and discussing that it's the cross alone that we need, and it's the cross alone that we must boast in, and it's the cross alone that we are holding to, then we will not receive the peace and mercy promised here. If we aren't preaching the cross of Christ alone as all we need, then the cross will simply be good advice. It will simply be another crutch to get us through. The false teachers were compelling the Galatians to follow the law. Paul was compelling the Galatians to be crucified to the world. The false teachers were boasting in the flesh. Paul was boasting in the cross. The false teachers were trying to avoid persecution. But Paul exemplifies what it means to be persecuted and to bear the marks of Christ. 
The cross of Christ has set us free. Live like it. Don't be shackled to the law. Don't be shackled to sin. You're free to walk by the Spirit. You're free to love your neighbor. All because of the cross. Let's pray.